Hi, this is Bill Whedon from Troma, uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, Citizen Toxie, The Toxic Adventure Part 3, and Ungovernable Films, The Ungovernable Force, plus many other films. And you are listening to Without Your Head. Welcome to the Station of Decapitation Without Your Head. I'm Nasty Neal. I'm joined by cult film star and filmmaker Bouvier. It's very cool to have you here. Well, thank you, Neil. I'm very happy to be there. Yes. So coming up, June 27th will be the premiere of Blood Tulips, uh, your newest movie that you're in and uh, you co-wrote. That's very exciting. Yes, I'm excited about it. It's going to be at the Warner Graham Theater in San Pedro, and it's a historic um, Art Deco theater. It's one of the um, very large one, and it's um, one of the few left. It's a very beautiful theater, and we're very happy to be able to have it there. Yeah. And uh, Roger. Go on, sir. Oh, I was just going to say, Roger is. uh, having a lot of celebrities come. We're going to have the red carpet and the press and everything. It's going to be a pretty big event. And we're having it there because part of it was filmed in San Pedro. Mm-hmm. The, mostly the interiors and I think a couple out, a couple exteriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty wild. There's, when I was out in um, I was out in L.A. in December, and one of the things I was jealous about, and my friends who live out there, uh, as there's so many theaters and they show a lot of very cool, you know, independent stuff. I'm a horror fan, a lot of cool horror stuff and a lot of, you know, classic movies and 35 millimeter and whatnot. So, uh, a lot of very nice old theaters out there. Cool theaters. Uh, yes, they do have quite a lot of them around. Mm-hmm. So for people not aware, I'm going to have the trailer up on the website, but for people uh, who haven't watched it yet, can you give them an idea of what blood tulips is? Well, it starts out, the very beginning of it starts out in World War II, uh, during the time that Holland was occupied by the Nazis. And uh, my husband's family lived through that time. They're Dutch, and they lived in Holland through the war. And uh, it's based on uh, true events, because some of the things that happened in the film actually happened during the time, like uh, it opens with a man um, running down the street with a loaf of bread running to his house, and he he quickly enters the house and has a conversation with his wife about uh, that he's going to have to, uh, he has this painting that he got, and he's going to have to sell it on the black market, uh, sell it like to a farmer to get food, and that's where he got the loaf of bread. Uh, but that's what they did then. Anybody that had any money or any, um, like, jewelry would have to trade it with, uh, like, a farmer or on the black market to get food. 
and money didn't really mean anything because uh, the Nazis had cut off all the supply lines, so there was no food, and the only place you could get it was from a farmer. So then um, the film goes on to modern day, and um, the the man um, owns an art gallery, and uh, he needs money. He has a very um, beautiful art gallery, and that was actually shot in San Pedro also. And uh, he needs money, so he gets an offer from a museum in Holland to buy one of his rare uh, paintings from the 16th century. And at the time, he got it from his family, but at that time, he doesn't know that it was uh, gotten from um, uh, people, Dutch people that were sent to concentration camps. That's what the Nazis did. They go into people's homes and mm -hmm. send them off to concentration camps and confiscate all their valuables, artwork and money and whatever else they had. So anyhow, he sends his uh, one niece to Holland to deliver it because the museum wants it hand-delivered. And uh, anyhow, she's there for a couple of days and nobody hears from her. So her sister, her sister's name is Starla, that's the part I play. Uh, the two sisters are very close and they can communicate telepathically. And uh, she tries to reach her when they can't reach her by phone or by email or text or anything. And uh, they're unable to reach her. So the uncle calls a uh, friend of his in Interpol and, and nothing happens. They still don't hear from her and her sister gets very worried. So she tells the uncle she's going to go there and look for her. And um, he does, he's against it, but she goes anyhow. And then when she gets there, uh, she's looking and she goes along like the flea markets along the canals and uh, asks people, uh, shows, uh, shows her sister Tessa's picture on uh, on her iPad and asks people and shows it to them to see if anybody's seen her. And she doesn't have any luck and she stumbles into a cafe after she's had a hard, tiring day uh, doing this all over different places where it's busy. And she meets um, she meets a um, a fellow artist that's living in Holland, and um, he uh, he takes a liking to her. Actually, he covers love interest later on, and um, he wants to help her, so uh, he helps her, and uh, he finds out that uh, she might have been um, kidnapped and sold into uh, sex trade in the red light district. So a lot of things happen and uh, in between, and then um, somebody that had um, uh, met the sister, an imposter uh, impersonating somebody from the museum, uh, he's uh, somehow found out that somebody is looking around and he's uh, following her and like stalking her and um, he chases her when she's in the um she's an artist of course so she's in the tulip fields painting and uh he chases her she gets away and then he chases her along a street a very busy street and um i turn a corner and uh a lady thought it was real like i was really being chased and she oh right which is <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she thought it was really happening but then um but then they devise a plan to um, to rescue her. One of them finds out maybe where she is, and he goes in as uh, acting like he's um, looking for a, 
you know, <laughs> for a date. And um, anyhow, he goes in and acts like it, but the, the bad guy, Tulip, finds out. And he beats him up and tells him not to come back or they'll all be killed. And then um, and then um, Starla goes in uh, posing as, a, my character goes in posing as a prostitute to work there. And then all kinds of things happen and there's really beautiful scenery and my God, I'm giving the story away. <laughs> but, <laughs> you see, but it seems so. Yeah, well, it's a very personal story since some of it's you know based on on, on real stories, and then it's also something you wrote and you starred in. So it's uh, you know I would you're very uh, excited about it, which is good. Yeah, I am, and uh, like about the painting being stolen, that's happening all the time. Um, a lot of times, a uh, painting from uh, a museum is stolen. Uh, not too long ago, a Rembrandt was cut right out of the frame. I think that's been like 12 years ago or something. So it's like a true event that happens all the time too. Mm-hmm. So when so, did you, um, when did you start writing? Like, when was the idea to, to come up with the story, make a movie about this? Was this something you've been wanting to do for a long time? I've been to Holland quite a few times because my husband's from there and, um, I, I like the country so much. It's so beautiful with the canals and the scenery and, you know, the production value. And um, I've been, actually, I liked it so much. I've been wanting to do a film there for quite a while. And then we, we came up with a story, like, based on true events and uh, then wrote the story around it. Mm-hmm. So that's how we happened to, how it happened to come about. Mm-hmm. So did your husband tell you a lot of these stories like over the years? Oh, he did. And his family, mostly his, uh, his mother and father, because mm-hmm. he had lived through it. And they, uh, where they lived was kind of in the middle of town, like a nice, nice area. But they saw like, uh, a people just lined up and shot right in the street, almost in front of their house. Wow. And, uh, and then they, they walked by places. Sometimes the windows were open. They saw people just laying there dead from starvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be this. Uh, you know, it's mind boggling, you know, th- to think, you know, because right now we have to stay inside. And, and, you know, you think, well, this is this sucks. We have to stay inside all the time. But there's always much worse things that's happened throughout history. Oh, yes, there is. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think it's pretty unique story um it was um it was the um official selection at the uh, horror on scene film yeah. festival in january and um th- it was like three weekends and uh, blood tulips was the last film of the last weekend but the um but the people at the festival they said it was the best film of all and it got uh, three standing ovations well actually oh. no it got three rounds of applause and a standing ovation and we're still getting emails from mm-hmm. people that thought saying how much they liked it oh that's why were you there for that event uh yes i i was i went there with uh, randy kent and john lusovich mm-hmm. um they were the producers and directors and the three of us went and um, we presented the film and then we were there for questions and answers afterward. Mm-hmm. So what was that experience but, like uh, to watch you, to watch your movie with an audience? Oh, it was very exciting. We didn't know what to expect. We were kind of nervous, hoping that they'd like it and that uh, it'd be 
the reception would be good. And we were just overwhelmed <laughs> that it got all this applause and then a standing ovation on top of all of it. It was just yeah. amazing. We were so mm-hmm. excited. Yeah, definitely. So what are the plans to do with, uh, with blood tulips, you know, um, after the festivals and after the premiere? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, the first festival was in this, uh, Hollywood horror fest. And it was the uh, finalist in that, that was, uh, in November last year. And, um, uh, we probably will, uh, maybe have, have some more screenings in, uh, in Los Angeles, maybe one in um, Beverly Hills or West Hollywood or Hollywood, and then um, we have uh, we have some um, distributors interested in it. So we'll just uh, wait and see what happens. There's a couple mm-hmm. that are real excited, and uh, we just have to see after this what what will happen. You know what offers we get, and we're yeah. very optimistic about it. Of course. Yeah, definitely. Now, did you know Randy Kent and John before um, they directed the movie? Were you friends with them? Uh, no, I didn't, but um, they were highly recommended, and um, they've done a lot of films, and they're, they're filmmakers, and uh, they they know everything from like casting, pre-production, uh, to post-production. Mm-hmm. And uh, we work very very good together as a team we discuss everything and then uh we just make a decision you know about what uh what seemed like could be the best idea and the best plan mm-hmm. were, were you hands-on on the casting uh no i i wasn't they they kind of um uh they took care of that but i i approved of the characters They'd uh, send me, um, like, the video of each one, you know, and then I would approve of them. Mm-hmm. And I especially I especially liked um, um, the one that played uh, Reek, the madam of the brothel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was so good. She was, we wanted, I, well, we wanted a kind of a character like, uh, a, like a, a woman in a Nazi concentration camp. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the name of it, um, Three Sisters, or uh, Giancarlo Gianelli was the star of it. But anyhow, he was in a concentration camp, and the warden was this kind of a person that we wanted, and kind of the type of person that plays roles like Kathy Bates. Right. So... Uh, it was surprising because the one that turned out to be uh, Madame Reek, uh, she is Kathy Bates' uh, therapist. Oh, wow. And she was so scary and so good, uh-huh. like uh, walking around with uh, combat boots on and uh, like a little cigar. Uh-huh. Real tough. She, yeah. was, uh, she was so, so evil. And that added a lot to the film because that's what was needed for uh, the brothel because she she just enjoyed um, like torturing people and uh, being just uh, sadistic and nasty. Mm-hmm. Now, are you yourself a horror movie fan or a thriller fan? Are those the kind of movies you like? Well, I like some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like, I mean, I do like some of them, but, uh, it seems to be the movie that uh, kind of has the widest audience. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the main reason we do them. Uh, 
because some some types of movies uh well they they need to have like uh real like name stars and well-known stars and uh, horror movies don't always have to have that yeah and uh like i said there seems to be a always historically and everything like a larger audience for horror films mm-hmm. well what's your what's your background in acting how did you get involved in acting well, I think it started when I was a child. My sisters yeah. and I, we lived in kind of a small town. We used to put on plays in our backyard for the neighbors and the neighborhood kids, like musicals and just little plays. And then and then when I went to school, like um, high school, I, I did, um, like, I was in plays there. And then I did little theater when I got out of school mm-hmm. and um, kind of went from there. Yeah. So um, this isn't your first uh, your script you wrote, uh, or at least a story that became a script. Uh, when, when did you start writing? You know, to to uh, for scripts and, and to make movies. Well, the first the first one I wrote was called Venice Beach, and it actually was filmed in in Venice Beach here in mm-hmm. California. Did you ever go to Venice Beach? I have, yeah, just briefly, but I, I've been there. Oh. Well, then you saw the kind of people that are there. And, right, right. Um, people selling stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we filmed right on we filmed right on Venice Beach, the the boardwalk and the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also filmed a night shoot in Ventura on the beach, and um, that was my first uh, first thing I wrote for, uh, you know, for making a film from it. Yeah. What well, did you write before that for for stories or books or anything? Uh, no, I never did. But yeah. I just, uh, I, I just have like good ideas for things that are kind of different. Yeah, I'm kind yeah. of a, I'm kind of a weird mind, I guess, kind of like that. Uh, well, then you fit right uh, in here. Yeah, Quentin, Quentin uh, Torrentino. Right. I don't know if I pronounce his name right. Yeah. But, uh, I just, I just uh, always try to think of things that maybe haven't been done or haven't been done very much, like with a different twist to it. Mm-hmm. And so I like this one. I liked, uh, you know, doing Venice Beach because it's pretty much well known all over the world. Everybody comes to Los Angeles, wants to go to Venice Beach, even like people we know that come from Europe, friends mm-hmm. and all. First thing they want to do is go there. And yeah. then I like I like films with uh, true stories or after events like Blood Tulips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, where did the name Blood Tulips come from? Uh, well, because the character's name is Tulip, mm-hmm. and because it's a horror movie and there's some blood in it, uh, we call it Blood Tulips because some of it takes place in the tulip fields in Holland. Yeah. And we were we were there. Uh, the tulips usually bloom in um, in April, and uh, what they do is they cut the tops off. I mean, they're beautiful. There's uh, just miles and miles of them. And what they do, they cut the tops off because all they want is the bulbs because they sell them all over the world. They export them even here. But mm-hmm. we were about two two weeks too late. It was like an early spring. So uh, when we got there, they'd already cut all the flowers off. But a friend of ours uh, works at, it's called the Kuchenhof. It's like a big, uh, huge, huge park. And it's all tulips, so we use that as the tulip fields, and it worked. It worked because there was like tulips everywhere, 
yeah. there's some paths you can walk through. And that's where we did the scene of me painting mm-hmm. where he was uh, uh, like watching me and then he started chasing me. Mm-hmm. So oh, did you, are any of the, uh, the cast from Holland or did you, uh, you know, take your, your cast from, uh, from, from the West coast and, and go to Holland? Uh, no, the only one from Holland was uh, uh, we got a couple of technical people like sound and and for the um, second camera, and one of them is from Holland and actually he plays a part in the film. He's a um, a vendor at the uh, at the street, one of the uh, flea markets on the street, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he's trying to sell my character a marijuana plant. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I tell him I'd like to have it, but I'm, I'm traveling and I don't have any place to keep it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So did that, did a lot of the cast have to learn the, learn an accent? Uh, well, uh, uh, Reek did. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, she was uh, she played the madam, and she had a, a very good accent. And then the um, the other actors, well. Um, but my uh, co-star uh, Daryl, he uh, he had sort of an English accent, but that worked because he was living in Holland. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then um, Randy played a part of the um, the cafe uh, keeper, and he had just a regular accent from here, but he was like living in Holland too, and that all works because people. Uh, People live there kind of from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And because England is close by, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of English people that live there or work there. Uh, it worked because of, uh, you know, Holland being a small country and like England being close by and it's mm-hmm. bordered by um, France and England just across the channel. So it all worked, you know, that those three characters and then. Uh, the rest of the the rest of the cast were like interior. They mm-hmm. they were the interiors, and uh, they didn't really need an accent because they come from all over. Also, yeah. So you just, you know you so, said a lot of the a lot of the stuff was inspired by stories you know your your husband told you and his and his family. Uh, is there anything that inspired the madam, like a like a real person you knew or anything? Well, I'd say the only person that inspired her was from the film I mentioned. Um, I believe it was called Seven Beauties. Okay. It it was Giancarlo Gianelli that starred in it, and he was like a prisoner taken during the war, and he was in this uh, prison, and this warden was a a woman, a real uh, heavy-set, horrible, beastly type of woman that Mm -hmm. uh, made him like her servant. And uh, that kind of inspired, like, the character for the madam. (laughs) And then we thought of a character like Kathy Bates, because she's played some pretty mean characters, like the Misery, Mm -hmm. where she she made the guy so he couldn't walk anymore, and he had to stay in bed, and then, remember? Definitely (laughs) iconic role. I think those those two are what kind of inspire the the part of the madam. So how long did you shoot in in um in Holland? We shot about uh 8 days in Holland. Mm-hmm. And then um and then uh my husband and I went there 
oh, about a week beforehand because we had to uh, we had to find the wardrobe there because of the uh, uh, the air airfare charging for baggage. We didn't want to take any extra bags because they cost about as much as a person. Mm-hmm. So um, we went there to find the wardrobes, like for the uh, the scenes for uh, the characters from the World War Two, mm-hmm. and um, and then some of the other wardrobe, and also uh, to find the right locations and to make some arrangements, like for the hotel, things like that. Yeah. So w- once you have uh, finished, you know, filming the movie. Um, how long did it take to edit it and score it and, and get it together to be a, f- a finished movie? Well, that took the longest. That took longer yeah. than shooting it. Uh-huh. Like in Holland, uh, I mean, us being there beforehand and then uh, filming, that was like three weeks altogether. And then here, here in uh, Los Angeles, it was about, uh, oh, about nine days. But then the... Uh, the other part, the editing and the music and all of that, um, it took about a little over a year. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it just got finished like last, um, probably like last October. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I might mention too that uh, one of the people that did some of the music is also from Holland. Really? The That's group's cool. called Max, Max Wilson. He's a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. His name's Ronnie, Ronnie, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Robbie Edema. So right. His group is Maxless, and they did some of the music, some of the real scary, haunting kind of music. That's yeah, that's cool. So did you, um, uh, since, you know, I, I don't think you have experience, you know, in the, in the post, like you said, you know, it's Randy and, and John. Uh, did you have any uh, input on that when they're at, they're putting the movie together? Did they show you, like, you know, their progress? Did you have any help in the editing? Uh, yes, they showed me the progress, and uh, I would just say that uh, I didn't like this, or I thought that should be in. Like, uh, there wasn't in one scene where um, Oliver, that was my love interest, gets beat up by uh, by Tulip. Uh, there wasn't very much blood. I just suggested they put more in. And then um, uh, different things... Um, different things i would i would say that i want the uh uh the body the the body of one of the people that they killed was chopped up and put in a bag and thrown in the canal and uh i said that was a little too dark so i'd have input on certain things some was uh, some was real good and others just needed a little changing or uh, more of it or less of it and uh kind of went like that yeah so when when did you get to see the finished finished film? Was it at the um, at the festival, or did you see it before that? I saw it a little bit before that, but uh, that's the first time I saw it on a big screen. Yeah, which and there's no no better way to see a movie than on the big screen. Oh no, it makes a world of difference. Yeah. Uh, it looked even better on the big screen than what I thought it looked like. Oh yeah, that's very good. So so it was. Uh, you said, you know, everyone oh, gave a standing ovation and, and there was like, uh, you even get emails about it. So, you know, the, I assume the feedback's all been positive. Oh, it's been really good. And I've had, um, besides your interview, I had two other, um, uh, radio interviews 
One was from New York, and uh, I'm going to have one Friday. It's uh, uh, well, actually, it's from New York too, but it's called Hollywood and Beyond. And then I had two uh, just email interviews where they sent me uh, uh, questions, and then I just you know, wrote out the answers and email it back to them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, everything's been really positive and, uh, I hope it continues that way. I think it's no, kind of a different type of film and it has some comedy relief. Mm-hmm. A scene I didn't think was funny at all. People <laughs> just said it was hysterical. So yeah. you kind of never know. <laughs> yeah. I've been to festivals like that with uh, other filmmakers who say, you know, either uh, something they thought was, you know, was serious and then they, the crowd laughs or vice versa. And uh, but they always say as long as they're reacting is, is the main thing. Yeah. And one thing about this festival in uh, in England, uh, in South South End, it's in Essex mm-hmm. and it's on the right on the ocean. It's uh, the hotel where they had it. Um, it's there's a big amusement park right in front of it. And that's like the main amusement park in the hotel, like uh, during the uh, busy season, you know, like summer when it's warm mm-hmm. and it's in Southern, Southern England. So it's not as cool there as usual, but um, yeah, it was, um, it was really um, uh, an exciting experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, the website's bloodtubes.com, so you can go there and uh, find out, you know, uh, about the movie, watch the uh, trailer and everything. Uh, where can people uh-huh. follow you on? Where can people follow you online if they want to see what you're up to? Well, on Facebook and uh, the website, and then my website is uh, www.bouvier1.com. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, I had a lot. Of, I had a lot and of fun probably, talking to you. Oh, go on. Yeah, sorry. Probably it'll be on uh, Instagram also. Okay. Yeah, that's the future. That's what all the uh, the kids are into the Instagram. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it might be on LinkedIn too. Okay. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, I'll put all yeah, the links so up we, for everybody. Uh, we actually filmed in the red light district and that had to be kind of sneaky because they don't oh, really film. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> one guy, uh, the, the second cameraman, he was filming and one of the, one of the girls saw him and he got something thrown at him. He wasn't sure what it was. <laughs> <laughs> was it something hard or what? No, it was liquid. <laughs> oh, that, that's very bad. Yeah. You have to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh-huh. um, yeah, I think I think that people like it so far. Everybody has. Uh huh. When you did, when you said this one scene where you were running and someone thought it was real and they screamed, was that in the red lights district? No, that was in the uh, kind of like in the middle of uh, Delft, like in the heart of the town. It was uh-huh. a big, uh, a real big uh, church that's being remodeled, and it's all like mosaic all the way around it. Mm-hmm. And uh, very colorful, and uh, I just turned the corner like onto the next street, and that's where the woman screamed. <laughs> that's that's gonna be good. <laughs> I would think that uh, probably at the time you're a little startled, but I think looking back it would have to be a fun experience. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I hope I didn't scare her too bad. Right, right, and at least she didn't throw any <laughs> liquid at you too. Is is a good thing. <laughs> no, she didn't. That was <laughs> that was in the red light district. 
All right. Well, I'll remember that if I'm ever in the red light district in the Holland, not to not to bring my camera with me. Oh no, or hide it. <laughs> hide it. There we go. The hidden camera. We'll yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> A good piece of advice for everyone listening. <laughs> yeah, that's something to remember. Right. Well, I had a lot of fun talking with you. It's been a good time. Yeah, it was nice talking to you too, Neil. Thank you. And I look forward to Are seeing Blood Phillip. Oh, good. Yeah, let me know what you think. Yeah. Um can you can you send me or Roger like a link to the interview? Oh yeah, definitely. Or? Yep. I'll have it up oh. probably sometime either tomorrow or Friday, sometime by the end of the week, and I'll have it up and I'll send it to Roger. Oh, and I'll, okay. I'll, I'll tag you on Facebook too. Oh, great! And what, um, what, uh, like radio station would it will, will it be? It'll be on, on. It'll be on withoutyourhead.com. Uh, it's my uh, horror website. I also do a non-horror website, but I thought this was more fitting for the horror website. Oh, without your head. Mm-hmm. Without your head. Yeah. Is it on what? What radio station? Is uh, it it's on? on. It's on podcast, so it'll be on uh, iTunes and uh, Spotify and all the all the uh, all the podcast websites. Oh, okay, that sounds okay. great. Yeah, so people can download it and listen to it. You all know, uh, wherever they are. Oh, uh-huh. oh, fantastic! Yeah, that sounds really good. Cool. I'll look forward to hearing it too. Thank you, thank you. Good, and, and uh, yeah, hopefully Roger will. Yeah, Roger's already been asking me for it earlier. And I was like, well, I didn't record oh. it yet. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be tonight. Oh. Like, oh, okay. Which I, oh, okay. I thought was kind of funny. But yeah. 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 He's but, uh, like a little, little bit ahead. Yeah. yeah <laughs> oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good, though. <laughs> yeah, he's up for a lot of uh, very good interviews in the last uh, few days. So uh-huh. I'll keep him good. happy. <laughs> that's right. great. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, um, yeah, again, it was very nice talking to you, Neil. You well. and, uh, yeah, stay well, and um, I hope that things don't get bad in your area, but you thank sound you. pretty hope, safe. Yeah, thank you. I hope not, too. It seems like uh, hopefully things start to uh, progress here in, in for the positive going forward. Yeah, yeah, we all hope that. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, you stay safe as well. Oh, thank you, Neil. I will. All right. Have a good rest of the day. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.